Good morning once again, Grace. I am James Schaefer, one of these guys called elders. Grace and peace to you in Jesus Christ our Lord. If you would please turn with me in your copy of the Bible to 1 Peter. And as was shared, these children of God who stood before you as new members, as well as has been announced earlier, we are continuing the series in 1 Peter about being those who lead in hope. And children of God are those who have hope residing in you. But as you're looking at the book of 1 Peter, I want you to listen to a very special guest, Ava Boykin, who is going to share from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning verses 13 through 16. She is my sister, and she is my esteemed follower of Jesus as well. Lead us in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 16. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Amen. Ava, thank you. Thank you. This is the word of the Lord that you have heard. And I want you to continue as we're looking in First Peter as you remember, Ava shared, this is the command that Peter gives those who are following Jesus Christ. You heard that command, therefore preparing your minds for action. As you prepare your mind for action, I want you to recognize, as the scripture says, that we are here for action. And some of the versions that you may be reading might have used the word, therefore, gird up your mind, gird up your behavior. The idea of gird is the idea not of something in the stomach, but rather of gathering up everything necessary, tightening your belt to get ready for action. And we are getting ready to move quickly because the scripture is guiding us through this very concept. You know, God has given to us everything we need for action. You heard in the message last week from Brother Arthur, as it says in chapter 1, verse 3, Praise be to God of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us everything. And if you review those verses at the beginning of chapter 1, you will see seven or more items that he has given us for action. But I want to ask you a question you're probably wondering as well. What action? What is Peter, what is the Holy Spirit referring to is the action? And it is this. And you heard our sister Ava read it. Be holy. To be holy. 
And it's a fair question to ask, what is it and what does the Word of God and what is this passage referring to when it says be holy? What is holy? So the central verse of the passage that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning is chapter 1, verse 16. Ava read it very well, and it says this, You shall be holy, for I am holy. This verse appears in the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus five or six times. And Peter is quoting directly out of that book of Leviticus. And many people have defined the idea of being holy as that which seems to be sanctimonious or that which rejects others, whether they be people or things, or that which is proud or even puritanical or being a purist in spirit or in attitude. But in fact, the definition of what the Scripture is referring to be holy, actually is referring to meaning be devoted. Be devoted or separated to that which is holy. That which is holy. You know, God is completely devoted. He's completely separated to his perfect, loving, living purpose Not only for his own glory, but also for all souls. Yes, he is separate from everything. He is other than any other entity in all time, in all history, in all the universe. He is other than all else. And he is separate for his own glory, his own purpose, and for souls. But he is also separate and he is devoted to righteousness, to that which is holy and good. And his nature is not to have fellowship with unrighteousness at all. Now, maybe you've heard these concepts and these terms before, but what Peter is saying is also we, we can be holy and devoted to him in righteousness. Now the scripture refers to this in examples. For example, the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1. The apostle Paul says about what happens in their experience. And he refers to them by saying, You, Thessalonians, turned to God from your former lifestyle of idols to serve the living and the true God. You know, holiness is being devoted to following Jesus Christ, not just separating from things. In modern times, we have seen this take place every time a child of God gives her or his heart to Jesus Christ. This is the process of turning to the Lord. As Kevin shared just a few minutes ago, I want you to look carefully into the Grace Connect because you're going to hear some amazing things coming up. And we just published this past Thursday a mission moment in which we saw 
people in Papua, Indonesia, under Matt and Caroline Edelin, expressed this very thing. Because Matt was sharing the stories of the Samaritans and the Samaritan woman. And as he was sharing these stories, the chief of the Bayono tribe, 90 people in that particular center, that place, said, we are no longer going to follow the old ways, but we are going to follow Jesus Christ. Praise God. This happens when the child of God says, I want to be devoted to you, Lord Jesus. So when you find that this is what the Apostle Peter is sharing, you ask yourself, and I ask myself the question, how can I be holy? How can we be holy, devoted, separated to him? And this is what the scripture says. And in further definition, holiness is first off God's work. It's where God places us in a position with him when we by faith submit to him. Holiness is when he places us in him when we bend the knee to him. You know, the, the Apostle Peter quoted this verse from Leviticus. He says, you shall be holy for I am holy. Now, some people take that as a command. And it is commanded that you shall be holy. But there's also a promise that is granted there. Not only shall you because of the requirement, but you shall be holy. Because I am holy and you're giving your heart to me. Now really, friends, this is a profound revelation in the scripture. Because in times past it was thought that it was only the domain of the religious people. For example, the Jews who could be holy. But the scripture is saying now, now we can be holy. We can be devoted to him. You shall be holy for I am holy. And he invites anyone, any soul to draw near to him and to be devoted and separated to him alone. And he promises and he promises this, you shall be holy. It's not only a command, but it's with a promise as well. But our experience, what about our experience? That troublesome time that we continue to see our own life flash in front of our face. Our own experience says we really can't be holy. It seems to tell us again that we are not able to be holy Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And unless we are holy, we cannot see God. And you say, well, James, now I have a dilemma because you're saying that we can be devoted to him. We can be holy. And then the scripture says, without holiness, who I, that I recognize I don't have, I cannot be holy. How do we solve this dilemma? It's by faith in Jesus Christ. By faith alone, admit that I am not holy. 
And this is why, whether it be this church or what Kevin was sharing earlier or what we are doing in the multitude of opportunities we have through teaching the Word of God, we are pleading with people, give your heart to Jesus Christ. And I urge you to consider deeply your relationship with Christ if you don't know Him. Give your heart to Him. And if you are wandering, give your heart back to Him. To give by, heart, by faith your heart to Him is solving the dilemma that we can be devoted to Him. And the good news is that when we devote our hearts to Him, He places in us the Holy Spirit. And we are placed in the position and now called holy. This is what God does. This is what it is to be holy. God has to do it. It's not something that you can do. God has to do that. God loves all who by faith come to him. But again, the question comes up. So how can I be holy if I sin? And this is the second part of the definition. One can be holy by practicing holiness. Secondly, by practicing holiness. Holiness begins by seeking Him and practicing a faith response to Him. The book of Hebrews also puts it this way in chapter 11. He rewards those who seek Him. He calls us to practice being with Him, free from filth, free from the sin that binds itself to us. But unless we practice seeking Him, Practice seeking Him. We do not experience that reward, and we do not obey. It's somewhat like a marriage. And actually, the Scripture gives the analogy of seeking Him, of being devoted to Him like marriage. People can have a marriage license. They can say that they're married. They can live under the same roof. They can eat at the same table. But sometimes there seems to be things that are missing. They seem to experience separation, not living in a loving relationship, not giving themselves to each other. But seemingly what they practice is squabbling and fighting. In essence, they are living divorced because they're not married in practice. Now, friends, I'm not saying this to discourage us, because I'm talking as well to every soul who knows the tension of relationships, including myself, and yet I don't want us to be discouraged. I want us to recognize that this can change. And I'm not just referring to relationships. It changes in our relationship as we devote ourselves, as we give ourselves to Jesus Christ. And this is not a forced analogy because the Apostle Paul refers to this in Ephesians 5 where he says, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united or glued is actually the word in Greek. Glued to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. 
And then he goes on to say this. I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about Christ and the church. And what he is saying is that relationship to him is like a relationship that should be displayed in marriage that is now one flesh. Like marriage, being holy is devoted and glued to each other. Oh, yes. And to the Lord. And I think back when I said to my wife Elizabeth, I do. And I reflected on that. And I realized that the simplicity of saying I do was saying I am devoted to you, Elizabeth. And I still say I do. Because this is significant to remind us in this life that whether it be a relationship or whether it be my relation with each other or my relationship with the Lord, I must be devoted to Him. And so as we look at the definition of holiness, holiness, first off, is being placed by God in Him when we, by faith, devote ourselves to Him. And then secondly, holiness is practicing a faith response to him. And so that background of the definition of what is holiness is significant. But we still are at the question of asking ourselves, what are the specific actions, the specific actions of holiness? And there are three that I want to share. And these are the ones that the Apostle Peter brings out. First off, this. Live like obedient children. When Ava shared that from the scripture, she was sharing what an obedient heart says, as a child would say it, to the Lord. And so the first specific action is live like obedient children, verses 13 through 16. Secondly, live like foreigners, verses 17 through 21. And then third, live... Like you're born again, verses 22 through 30 through 25. So the first action, live like obedient children, is said again in the scripture as obedient children be holy. Now the words in verse 14 right there later on say, and do not conform. And from Greek it actually uses a word called skematizo. And the word specifically means do not fit or conform to the schematic would be a word that we may use in English. To the schema or the scheme or the puzzle piece of this world. So how do obedient children act? They're innocent. They're willing. And they're willing to go to what is good and holy. And Scripture gives specific insights as to the actions of an obedient child. And I want to share just a couple. And the first one is this, to follow dearly. Follow the Lord dearly. Ephesians 5 uses a parallel phrase that the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul shared together. And he says in Ephesians 5 verse 1, follow God's example as dearly beloved children. 
And it goes on in verse 11, and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Practicing holiness like an obedient child, a dearly beloved child, means following the Lord and having nothing to do with the darkness or the evil of this world. And that term, that term, have nothing to do, means fellowship. It's actually the word, and maybe translated in some of your versions, have no fellowship with the deeds of darkness. And it means that which is time. Simply time. Time spent with the deeds of darkness. You know where that's going. Some of the things that we spend time with that are dark and drawing us away from time with the Lord. And it turns out to be more like a fellowship that we exercise with things that are dark. And an obedient child says, no, I want to go. I want to go to the Lord. And we don't have, as obedient children, time for the schematic, for the schemes or the schema of this world. I remember one time, a while back, an infantry soldier told me that he was in the middle of a firefight. And as he was in the middle of a firefight in Afghanistan, he stumbled upon a three-year-old boy. This child looked up to him, not with fear, but looked up to him with a smile and reached out to the soldier to be hugged. And in the difficult circumstance that the soldier was in, recognized that he needed to do something. And so he grabbed the child, and as he was escaping with the child and dodging in order to get that child safely back to some place, he put the child down just for a moment, and the child then clung to his leg and continued to follow him. I want to say that because obedient children cling to that which is good. They go to that which is good and not spending any time with the evil that is around them. So how should we as obedient children act? Job in chapter 31 put it this way. I've made a covenant with my eyes. I've made a promise with my eyes. How then should I gaze lustfully at this world? When the scripture refers to the term world, and as I'm using it as well, it means anything, anything, anything that is not of God and does not honor Christ. It may not seem at first like darkness or evil, but Peter calls it fruitless deeds of darkness. That is, that which does not produce fruit and leading to Christ, and leading people to Christ, and Christ's love for souls, and love for the Word of God. And if it doesn't, friends, I want to say, if it doesn't, it is darkness, or it leads to darkness. I know that may seem 
perhaps difficult, but I feel that it's appropriate to ask ourselves the question, isn't it time that we stop spending so much time gazing, playing with, following, toying with the things or the lusts of this world? Elder Jack recently shared uh, in our stewardship series that we discussed and he discussed with us a worldview. A worldview of dealing with our time, our talents, and our treasures, the things that God has given us. And in that worldview, we discussed use of our time. Friends, I want to say that holiness is not just running away from things, but holiness is running to Jesus Christ and his word. And not just looking away from stuff, looking away, but also spending time running to that which contributes to Christ's love that leads another and others to him. And as I shared, there are a couple of actions that obedient children can take. The first one is following him dearly. The other is reproving biblically. And this is interesting as well because the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 goes on to say, So have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather reprove them. Some versions say expose them. This does not mean to expose them and all that this world does through the methods that the world uses to expose shameful things. But rather, practicing holiness as an obedient child means to expose or reprove by and to the Word of God. Exposés are intended to shame but exposing people to the word of God is intended to transform a heart and a life and a mind. Instead, we can, as we can do the opposite of this world because this world wants to rail, accuse, attack, denigrate. And sometimes people are caught into that behavior, even hate. But we can reprove biblically as loving and obedient children by respectful, biblical answers to individuals, to people, even to our own hearts. I remember watching two little sisters struggling over a toy. Fighting might not be exactly right at that point, but they were struggling over this toy. And their third sister, all of these three were under 10 years old, came up to one of the team up to the other two and said share share with your sister because the bible says give and it will be given unto you you know following the scripture and knowing the scripture and even able to gently reprove with the scripture can transform an environment. It can transform those who we may work with. It can transform those who may prefer to argue with us, but rather we can comfort and encourage. It is the practice of an obedient child.
And so the first action of practicing holiness like an obedient child is that which goes to him in the Lord. And you know, the good news is that this can transform lives now. It can transform teens. It can transform adults. It can transform children into those who want to be holy, those who want to go to the Lord. This is a transforming word from Peter. And so he goes on with the second action. The second action of practicing holiness, verse 17, live like you're a foreigner. Verse 17 says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time of exile. A better translation of the word fear, which is called, which is phobo or like phobic, is actually perhaps this translation. Be alarmed. Be alarmed at this world like you are a foreigner. Be alarmed at this world. This makes better sense in the context because as you were were reading in Peter and as Courtney shared as well, this is a hard and a difficult world and a lot of harsh things are happening. And Peter discusses those by using words like exile, poverty, trials, oppression, slavery, and he even makes frequent reference to Christ's sufferings. I think what Peter is saying is that it is time to be alarmed at this world and live like we're foreigners. It's time to live more like foreigners and less like friends of this world. I think we need to be alarmed at coziness with the world. Admittedly, the West is not as alarmed of this world and maybe the troubles that are taking place. But friends, I want to tell you, and something that we're experiencing in the, a faithful witness class Sunday nights as we're praying for the persecuted church, I want to tell you the rest of this world is alarmed. And this alarm is not decreasing but it seems that it's creeping further and further our way. Practicing holiness can be to be alarmed at this world and being wary of being cozy and friendly with this world. Because frankly, this world prefers prefers to treat Christ followers as exiles, people to be rid of. Verse 18 says that we practice holiness living like foreigners because this world is perishable. That is temporary. Thartois is the word, and it really means corrupt. It's disintegrating. It's temporary. Holiness comes closer to that and to whom is eternal, Jesus Christ, and not to that which is temporary. This perishable world tells us what to do, what to buy, what to think, what to gamble, what to to spend time on. And that is the schematic of this world. But practicing holiness can be that it now is time to be alarmed at this world. 
There's a third action in practicing holiness. And I think it's time that we also recognize to live like we're born again. Verses 22 through 23. Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again. Holiness is really living joyfully. And this is an example to the rest of the world that I am born again. Not born still. I am born anew. And there is something about the excitement and the joy and the evidence that comes out. And the evidence is this. It is love for each other. No matter who, no matter the background, no matter the person, no matter where they come from, born again is evidenced by love. In the scripture here, Peter says brotherly love. He's purified us when he placed us in the position in Jesus Christ. We are placed in him. He purifies us and we continue by loving people. And that's why this church and churches like this promote ministries to reach out to homeless, ministries to reach out to children who maybe don't have good parents or even proper guardians, or reaches out to those who are at men's basketball who need to hear the love of the gospel and enjoy fellowship with men who play hard and love hard as well. That's why this church continues to go to jailed ministries, goes to schools, goes to neighbors and neighborhoods not like yours or mine. Really, our motto says it. We are here to live and to love like Jesus. You know, the last thing that we can do especially as we are saying that this is now time to live like we're born again, is to love the Word of God. Peter goes on to say, the grass withers in verse 24, the grass withers, the flower falls, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. This church, these Sunday schools, these opportunities that we have are not the only place to enjoy and learn the Word of God. We have our own lives, our own hearts, and our own time, our own fellowship with the Word of God that we ourselves can practice. You may have known this, you may have heard of this, but you know atheist churches are growing? <laughs> yes, they're called atheist churches. They have music, Fellowship, fun, small groups, large groups, great speakers, and by the way, they have gourmet snacks. These groups are growing right here in Washington, D.C. area, but I'll tell you, friends, they don't have the Word of God. They don't have the Word of the Lord. This church is not like one of those. We're not a social club. We're not a group of people just for the society. We exist we exist to live born again lives. 
Lives that display that we desire to go to and be holy because we want to be with him. Holiness is loving people and loving God and his word. Now is time to live and to love like Jesus and reach the world from Waldorf. You know, I want to share just a, a brief application, and it's twofold. Consultation and consecration. Consultation can be spending time and consulting with the Word of God. And as I said just a minute ago, this church, these services, this message, whatever we're sharing, this is not the sum or the total of the time that we can spend consulting with the Word of God. We must, we must find time to spend it with the Word of God. Consultation is with the Word of God. And He changes us. But I want to share with us that consultation without consecration is like window shopping. We're just looking. We're just sort of peeking, getting a little bit of information. If there's no consecration, then consultation is short-lived. But I want to tell you, holiness consists of actions of consecration, consecrating my life to you, Lord Jesus, to you. Holiness is not just running from, it is running to, clinging to him. And these actions, these actions of living like an obedient child, living like a foreigner, and living like born again. These are the actions of holiness. Friends, I'd like to ask if you would please stand with me. And as you stand, if you're able to stand, I'm asking you, where do you, where do I stand? in my relationship to Jesus Christ. If it's for the first time that you have said, I have not given my heart to him, now's the time. These elders in the prayer team that's coming up right now will pray with you. And those who are on the prayer team, please prayer team, if you will. As well, we want to ask you, where do you stand in following Jesus Christ? Will you live and recommit your life to Jesus Christ? This now is the time. And as this prayer team is coming up, I also ask that the new members come up because we want to pray over you as well as to have people have opportunity to greet you, congratulate you. So please, if the new members would also come up. But now is the time to recommit our lives to Jesus Christ, to run to him. This is the practice of holiness. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful that you are the very reason that we have someone to run to. And as we are aware of many prodigals, those who have fallen away, Lord, we run to you. Whatever is hidden within our hearts, Lord, you see, we run to you. Whatever is breaking or is disturbing, Father, we lay that aside and we run to you as obedient children living like foreigners, and also living like born again. Father, we lift up before you our hearts. We commit to you these lives for the sake of living and loving like Jesus, because now is the time.
And we're grateful and we praise you. In Jesus Christ, our God's name, amen and amen. God bless you. Serve the Lord today. If you have prayer, come up. If you wish to greet these new members, please.